The preceding message is brought to you by Kingsword Everywhere Nigeria. Stay tuned after this message for more information about Kingsword Everywhere Nigeria. Pastor Poju Oyemade, the senior pastor of Covenant Christian Center, Lagos, called to ministry while he was still an undergraduate at the University of Lagos. Ordained into ministry by Bishop David Oyedepo, the presiding bishop of Living Faith Ministries Worldwide, also known as Winner's Chapel. A teacher of the word of faith with insight into how believers can apply biblical principles in a pragmatic and practical way in their daily lives. He hosts regular faith seminars, single summits, annual conferences such as WAFBEC, financial and business seminars where believers are taught the undiluted word and how it can be applied directly in their situations to produce results God's way. He is the convener, the Platform Nigeria, a workers and national development fair, the host of the regular television program Insights for Living that airs on local TV stations in the country. With the Kingsword celebration, please welcome to Seven Days of Glory, Pastor Poju Oyemade. Amen. Amen. All right, let's just pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you for the presence of your spirit in this place. Thank you that he's here to glorify Jesus Christ. We give you thanks for the gathering of your people in this house unto you. I ask as we go into this time in your word, you will grant utterance by that same spirit. Thy word will go forth with simplicity, but in accuracy and power, unhindered by any demonic force, and will establish our hearts in grace, and signs and wonders will follow in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 You may all be seated, please. First of all, let me thank your pastor. I know a lot about this ministry and church, even though I've never physically met your senior pastor, all right? But I follow him on Facebook. I know the great work he has been um, doing since uh, his days in University of Ife. So it's a great honor to be here to speak with you. All right, for about 50 minutes, I want to share... Uh, since you are in a fast, and I listened uh, to Pastor Kemo, he was saying when I was in the thing about, and that's along the lines I want to teach also, about the power of instruction, right? The power of instruction. And probably the most valuable thing you can get out of your time of spending time waiting upon God and listening to God. One of the major reasons why we pray is not just to talk to God, prayer is communication, but it's also most importantly to hear what God has to say about the matter. And uh, the Bible says in all our ways we acknowledge him and what he does in response to that is that he directs our path. So major benefit of prayer 
is to receive instructions from God. Moses at the Red Sea was there, and he called upon God, and God gave him the instruction of what to do in order for them to have absolute victory. He said, tell the people to go forward, lift the rod over the sea, and see what will happen. Jehoshaphat was also in a time, a very tight situation. He prayed unto God. The Bible says he called a fast to seek for the help of God. And how was that help released? God told him exactly what to do. He did it. And as he did it, the results that came out even startled Jehoshaphat. For three days, they were gathering the spoils. And Mary, Jesus' mother in the flesh, gave us the secret to it all. When there was no wine in the feast, she simply said, and the law of first mention in scripture means once something happens first, it tells us the pattern for the rest. So the first miracle of Jesus was to change water into wine. And what Mary said to his disciples, and that is the word for us, whatsoever he tells you, do it. In other words, no matter how difficult it seems, with every temptation, God has already provided a way of escape. Before you even got into that situation, God had already seen it and provided that. So our prayer is not going to make him provide a way of escape. Our prayer is going to open our eyes to see what he has already provided. Are you following what I'm saying? Yes, sir. Bible says it's not in man to know how he should walk on the earth. God has to direct his steps. So if we do not pray, listen, God has already done it, but if we do not pray, we don't see it. So if you study answers to prayers, you will understand that long before you ever uttered the prayer, God has already set in motion the answer. The question is, when we pray, then we have the opportunity to receive the instructions that will. So the one of the most valuable things, if not the most valuable thing you can get out of a time of fasting and praying there, is to get definite instructions from God. And when you carry out those instructions, then the power of God is released into our lives. Now this evening, I want to share on what I call the grace that we call faith. In other words, for us to understand that this thing that we call faith, right, it's a grace from God. Now in Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 8, it tells us here that we are saved by faith through grace and that not of yourselves. In other words, the faith not of yourselves. So we are saved, you are, you, for by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is a gift of God. Not of works, lest any man, the Bible should say, should boast. 
Now, what does it mean by you have saved by grace? In other words, it's grace that saves through faith. Now, let me make it plain. If a man falls, all right, God forbid, into a well, and another man is outside, let's say Mr. Y fell into the well, Mr. A is outside, and Mr. A throws a rope to Mr. Y and pulls him out. Who saved Mr. Y? Mr. A. What did he use to save Mr. Y? A rope. For by grace you are saved. What does grace use to save you? Faith. Are you following what I'm saying here? Now it says, therefore, Mr. Y, when he comes out, he cannot boast. Do you understand what I'm saying here? Because it was not of himself, it was a gift of Mr. A. Now, here, well, that is where I'm going. Was any struggle required on the part of Mr. Y to get the rope? It was a gift of Mr. A. Is any struggle required for you to get faith? No. It is a gift of God. What we have called faith has been an infiltration of positive thinking. Faith is something that God imparts in our hearts by his grace. I don't want to show this. In other words, it is not a condition of the mind. It is not our ability to count it as done. But it's a deep consciousness divinely imparted into the heart of a man that it is what? Done. Now, many years ago, this is about 10 years ago, 12 years ago, but I don't mind my carnality here of the white people. So one day I was so angry, I put up my television set and sat down. Now, so I picked up the phone to call my brother in America because he lives there. And I said, how do you cope? He said, what's the problem? I said, haven't you seen American dogs? Why are they victims of all? He said, no, it's finished now. It's over. I said, it's over. He said, yes. I said, because we are watching three weeks. <laughs> now, hear what I'm saying. So I said, it's over. He said, yes, it's over. So I said, who won? He said, Fantasia won. I said, huh? Ah. So I went back to my television set. <laughs> I put it back on. Fantasia was up for eviction, but my heart did not move. <laughs> Listen to what I'm saying. I didn't produce that rest. The information I got brought me to the place of rest. It wasn't my self-effort. It wasn't my repetition that brought the rest. Hear what I'm saying. It is something I had that deposited that rest. So what happened? I could not be moved again. No matter how they were playing the music, and I hold her hand up, I knew she wasn't going anywhere. I'm saying that what grace wants to do is to open up your eyes 
that you see the future before it happens. And you enter into rest concerning the process. In other words, what are we saying? Elisha had a servant. There was great battle round about. And Elisha's servant saw him at a place of rest. He went to meet him. How come you are not troubled? Elisha said, because more are with us than are with them. But Elisha understood something. That modern day Christianity we haven't embraced fully. He looked at his servant and the servant still was startled. What are you saying? Elisha understood what the problem was. Elisha didn't tell his servant, go and start repeating. There are more with us than are with them. There are more with us than are with them. Are you following what I'm saying? There are more with us than are with them. Until you come into a state of mind where you believe that there are more with us than are. You can't get it that way. Elisha said, God, open his eyes that he may see. The moment he saw it, rest. That is why Paul prayed that God will give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation. That the eyes of your understanding, because you understood that that's what's needed. So let's look at the process, right, of this particular thing. First of all, let me first of all show, all right, what uh, there's how we operate with our God from hope to the place of faith. Now, because many times what we call faith really is hope. What people are confessing, and nothing wrong with that, you need to confess your hope. The Bible says, hold fast your confession and the rejoicing of hope firm until the word end. So it's a rejoicing of hope. It's a confession of your hope. It's an anchor to your soul. So what happens, let me make a plain example here. Let's assume there's a woman, and this is the best example God has given to me to teach it. A woman who is in a town. And she is a widow, she has three children, and she doesn't have a dime anywhere to pay. She has maxed out everybody that can help her. Everybody. She doesn't, and she doesn't know where the money is coming, and she needs half a million, let's say, to pay her rent. So she goes out, she, she is now in a state where she is depressed. Like, well, I don't know what to do. Hopeless. Then one day goes out and gets to a public place, and she hears a conversation of about six people. And one of them said, you know, I needed, you know, 600,000 um, 600, naira. And I did not have, I know there's this wealthy man inside this town here. Everybody knows he's the richest man in town, right? He and his wife. And I decided to go and meet them to ask for help. And I asked them for help. And you know, instead of giving me 600, he gave me 700,000. Suddenly, the light bulb goes off on her head. Wait a minute. This might be a way out. So she goes to meet them. Are you connected in any way? They said, no. What we're saying is that we walked up to him. It was based on his capacity to help. 
and his generosity and love. So she hears that. Then somebody else says, yes, that happened to me. I needed a million. I went to meet them. I didn't know them from anywhere. They gave me 1.2 million. She says, are you serious? Yes. What was the only thing you needed to see them? Yes. Then she's full of hope. I'm going to see this couple. She now starts going there. Please follow me. When she's going, she's not going in faith. She's going with expectation. Full of hope. Her heart still moves. I'm not really sure. Now, what many people are calling faith, there is that movement still in their heart. They are not really sure. Are you following what I'm saying? But they are full of hope. They are going there. There's some conviction. She knocks, opens the door, goes in. They tell her. She tells them. They say, no problem. 500,000? You come back here on Tuesday. We'll give you 600,000. She says, thank you. Now, she turns around, opens the door, comes out. And what does she do? Yes! I have it. She went in hoping to get. When she heard, not what they told her. When she heard, then say to her what she didn't hear them tell any other person but her. Do you understand what I'm saying? Please, hear what I'm going somewhere here. No other person heard it but her. They said it to her, and that word is not transferable to any other person. It is not general. Let, let me, I'll, I'll come here, but let me just say something here. Because it always, always, it has intrigued me for years. You know, the church, Herod killed James. Herod now went for Peter. The Bible says the church prayed without what? Season. Without season. There is prayer of hope. There is prayer, there is faith. I always say something. When they were praying without season, in other words, they gathered in a place and everybody, Mangrita, Sharia, Vresesai, say, Peter, release, macro, dangerous tongues. <laughs> Are you from there? Makudaba, Makudaba, yeah, 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 yeah. Peter. Then Peter comes to the gate and knocks. Please follow this. Rhoda, faith is not, is not, Rhoda runs in and says, I heard his voice. Peter is released. These are the people going, Nagretos, Peter, Peter said, you are mad. That Peter, Peter that we are seeing, cannot be here. When she kept insisting, they were so sure that they said, you saw his ghost. Herod must have killed Peter by now, even though they were what? Praying. Are you following what I'm saying here? Because people say, well, some people pray, they didn't get results. Nothing happened. Then, they were fully persuaded. So, if the people were in unbelief when they were praying, how did Peter get released? Because these people that were doing the prayer meeting, they thought Peter was dead. We're not even, they said 
look, look at what I'm saying. They said it is his ghost you saw. In other words, look, no chance of him coming, even though we're in a prayer meeting for his release. That was the problem God had with Zechariah. He came to him and said, you will have a child. His, Bible says, Bible says, Zechariah said, how can these things be seen and well stricken in years? Well, what the angel said is, your prayer has been answered. So if you knew it couldn't happen, why were you praying? So the fact that there is motion in prayer doesn't mean we understand what praying is. So the point I'm getting to one day, I ask God, so how did Peter get out? Jesus said, you know he was asleep. He said, because I told him. He said, Satan has asked that you sift your sweet. But I prayed for you that your faith will not fail. Jesus saw it and prayed him out. So when Peter was there, he knew Jesus didn't tell James that. He knew it was a one-on-one conversation. So when you say a thousand shall fall on my left, ten thousand, you must have heard something. It's not generic confession. It's specific information. So what do we do with the generic information here? I told my church on Sunday here, I said, listen, when Paul was in trouble on that ship, and for two weeks, they didn't see a sun, or they didn't see the sun nor a star. Paul was a Pharisee. He could quote Psalm 91 from his head. Did you hear him say Psalm 91? What did he do? He came out and said something. The angel that stood by me told me, I will see Caesar. We can't die here. So what do you have? What many people are calling faith is actually hope. Now, when we go, which means that woman, when she had the conversation, all right, the conversation, she got hope and decided to go in. Remember the Bible says, hope is the anchor to our soul, both sure and steadfast, that takes us within the veil. So it is what, listen, if they told that woman, that man, very wicked man, doesn't give a dime. She will never have even attempted to go there, which means there will have been no hope. Do you get what I'm saying? So the hope is what takes us to God. When we get there, now what many of us hope is faith is hope. When they get there, then the veil is opened. And the same way, my brother told me, Fantasia has won. God tells you exactly what lies ahead. You come out of his presence. Faith is no longer a struggle. It's something that has been imparted. Are you following what I'm saying? I heard a story once that uh, Brother Hagin used to say about a group of people that used to pray. And there was this woman who about, I think about 14 years or, or 20 years before that particular time, her daughter got missing. And she kept saying in her spirit that my daughter, my daughter, 
is alive. The, the police closed the case. She's dead. Something must have happened. She must have gone with this rough guys they carried her, and that's the end. So I said, my daughter is alive. So there was this group of women intercessors that finally came into their church, and one day she wanted the leader ask, can I we pray about this woman? She, she's restive about it. Can we pray? He said, no problem, you can pray. They entered into intercessory prayer, and after a lengthy period, they came out. And it's all kind of thinking that the woman mentioned it to the other woman that 30 days from today at 12 noon, your daughter will call you on the phone. So they rushed her again and said, well, let's wait. On the 30th day at 12 noon, the lady they had been looking for for years called. That is not the quotation of a scripture. Are you following what I'm saying here? So what am I saying? First thing is hope. Now, see what God, um, David said. Psalm 119 and verse 49. So the same way that woman got hope. All right? Psalm 119 and verse 49. It says, remember thy word unto thy servant upon which thou hast caused me to hope. All right? Psalm 119 and verse 49. It says, this has been my comfort in all my affliction. For thy, All right. Remember thy word unto thy servant upon which thou hast caused me to hope. The same way the words of those people cause that woman's hope. So God says, I will give you my word and it will cause you to hope. This was my comfort in all of my affliction for thy word has what? Given me life or quickened me. So the first thing that God does when we go there and we spend time, we have, let's understand the order, we have an issue there, we're praying, God, we go to God, God quickens us. The same way the Bible says of Abraham that before him who believed even God, who quickeneth the dead. So the first thing God does is to quicken us, which means you feel that there's no way out. He quickens you with a scripture and suddenly you are comforted by that scripture. All right? So the first thing he does is to give life. From In other words, he quickens. So he takes scripture and the scripture ministers to you and you are quickened there. Now, when you are quickened, you receive comfort. But David went to God and said, God, remember thy word unto thy servant. So he still went to God to remind God about the word he had given him. Saying that this was my comfort in all my affliction there. So he talked to God about it. Now, Jesus said this. He said, you search the scriptures in John 5, 39. He said, you search the scriptures for in them. You think, he said, this is where the mistake is. You should search the scriptures, but that in them you think you have eternal life. But they are they which testify of me. He said, but you will not come to me that you might get life. In other words, you can have a good understanding of the scripture, but you don't have the substance of that thing in you. Are you following what I'm saying? So Jesus said, you search the scriptures good. For he tells us in Isaiah 34, take ye the book of the Lord and read not one of them shall fail, not one shall want her mate. For my mouth has spoken it, 
it is not you that will accomplish it. It is my spirit that will make it happen. So we go into the word of God and God shows us the scriptures there that, you know, hope begins to come. Now, what are we to do with this hope that we have? Yes, we begin to anchor our soul upon that particular thing. In other words, God gives you a promise, put your soul into it. Meditate upon that promise. Place that word upon your lips. Declare it, all right? But understand that your declaration is a declaration of your hope that is going to take you within the veil. It is not what will bring the materialization at once. Do you get what we're saying? Is when we have misplaced expectations, we have a problem. So that confession is a form of meditation that puts your soul, which means your soul is anchored. In other words, listen, you understand that if God tells you you are in business, you will break forth on the left and you'll break forth on the right, then you understand that, listen, my, my, I'm going to break forth on the left and on the right, right? So you start declaring that. You are saying that. But this revelation opens up a door of communication between you and God that now makes that thing, the grace of God, impart something into your heart. Don't mistake it for what is called faith. Because he says, hold fast your confession, then come up to the throne of grace that you might obtain mercy and find grace to help in a time of need. So the businessman is declaring that. Somebody in a troubled marriage is declaring the scriptures that God has given to her or him concerning that marriage. They are declaring, they are hopeful about it. But understand this, that declaration there is building of your confidence, all right? The Bible says it has a great recompense of reward, all right? Hold fast to it. Then it says, come up to the throne of grace. When you enter into the place of prayer, then Jesus does exactly what Mary said. Whatsoever he says to you, do it. He tells the businessman, now. First thing is this. Move your office from here to this place. Instruction starts. Then you are moving from hope into what? Faith. Because everybody recorded in faith did something. Are you following what I'm saying here? Did something about it. In other words, by faith, Abraham got up. So they got an instruction. By faith, Abel offered a more excellent sacrifice. They got an instruction. By faith, Abraham put down Isaac. He got an instruction. That instruction cannot be transferred to anybody. It's your own personal instruction. The promises are transferable. The instructions are not. That you will catch an abundance can be given to any believer. For the promises are to Abraham and to his seed. But that you should cast your net on the right hand side. That's why faith is not a formula. Faith comes from fellowship. So when you come up to the throne of grace, then, gra- then you get there and it tells you, all right, 
You get there and it says, here are the things that you must do. One, two, three. Start implementing this. All right? Start changing this. Opens up your eyes. Right? And then, day by day, morning by morning, you are receiving instructions. As you are implementing those things there, then things now begin to happen, all right, and it brings you. And once you get those instructions, right, it's something, I mean, I read a story here, somebody put up on Twitter here, the church member, it was a very powerful story about a man and woman, they were married. And the daughter said, the only thing I do not want to happen between my, was saying this since she, 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 when she talked, is for both of you to get divorced. That's my greatest fear. By the age of 12, the fight was so much in the house that I said, the only thing I want is for both of you to go your separate ways. So we have peace. The man one day said he had it with God. I've tried everything I know to do. So he went to God. He said, listen, you are real. I don't know about what's going on. God spoke clearly to him that morning. He said, this is what you will do. Every morning you wake up, first thing you should do is ask your wife, what will, now, it's not transferable, look. <laughs> Before you say, we have found a key now. We are going. It's not. Because after they caught fish, do you think if Peter came there the next day? And do the right hand, you are on your own. Are you following what I'm saying here? You are on your own. All right? Okay? So he said, every time you wake up, just ask her, what will you have me do for you today? He said, so he woke up. What do you want me to do for you? The fight was so much that she thought there was, so she laughed at him. You know? I said, what do you want me? He said, no, no, no. What do you want me to do? Is there anything you like me to do? He said, out of anger, she just said, go and get the trash, go and throw away all the garbage. And he went, they packed everything and did it. The next day again, he woke up, what will you have me to do? She went there and said, listen, go and wash all the plates. He did everything, finished. The third day, what she looked at him and broke down in tears. And started talking, it's my fault, I shouldn't have been the one. That... He said, no, 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 it was my own. It was now whose fault it was. <laughs> A matter they had been praying about for 10 years. Are you following what I'm saying here? One instruction there on what to do. Right? So the promise that God gives to you, he gives you concerning the situation, are to be, you know, Isaiah 55 verse 11. Let, let me put it up. It says, so shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth, it shall not return to me void. But it shall accomplish that which it pleases. Now if you read it in Hebrew, this is how it reads. So shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. If it is returned to me, it shall not be void in your life. But it shall accomplish that which I please and prosper in the thing whereunto. In other words, God says, when I give you a word, you are to take that word back to me in prayer. What was Moses' mistake? God gave him his calling. Moses did not return that calling back to God in prayer. He tried to do it by himself. He said, take ye the book of the Lord and read. Not one shall fail. You are not the one going to do it. It is the spirit that will get it. What 
what is prayer? If you ask according to my will. In other words, he first of all revealed his will to you. That's why he says, God is at work in you first to will. When he does that, then the next thing is to do. The doing there is when you pray the will, he does it. That word void means you will not be empty-handed. You will have the fruits of the word. That's why Jesus said, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, what did he say? You shall ask. In other words, you pray it. Because when you prayed, so I said to you, Paul did not quote, and I'm going to close with that scripture, Psalm 91, but I'm telling you, Paul prayed it. And when he prayed it, then he got specific instructions. But what we do is that we hit it with Psalm 91 and don't pay attention to the instructions. So somebody says, I quote, my seed shall be mighty upon the earth. My children will inherit. You are right. But there's a way to behave every day in the house for that scripture to happen. God has to give you the instructions. He has to tell you, people who become mighty, they don't talk to them like this. They talk to them like this. When they get to a certain age, he tells you, do this and do this. Get this kind. Are you following, Senior? That's why when the sheep was, Paul told them, if you leave this sheep, you can quote Psalm 91, you will die. <laughs> you stay on this sheep because that is what the angel of the Lord said. God was Acts chapter 27. So a time of fasting like this, sure, all of you have promises from God. It's time to get the instructions to make the promise come to pass. And the only way to get it uh, is to pray. How CAC people pray. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yes, I've taught you word of faith. I'm now coming to see you. stay there until God talks. Yes. You hear what I say? When they say they went to mountain of mountain top, until God does what? Talks. That God, do, we are here. <laughs> to hear you, we are not coming down until you speak. That is the attitude that compels instruction. Look at Acts 1 7 here. All right. It says, verse 10, this was Paul. And he said unto them, Sirs, I perceive that this voyage shall be with hurt and much damage. Not only to the laden and sheep, but also to our lives. Now, we could have done a whole teaching on that. But if you listen to the Holy Ghost, you will never groan into unexpected trouble. 
Do you understand this? And in Luke, 30, Luke 21, 34, it tells us why people don't hear God, that the day comes upon them unawares. He said, your hearts are overcharged. Your hearts, spirits are overcharged. By suffering, suffering means overeating. That's why during a fast, you are more sensitive. A fast doesn't change God, a fast changes you. In other words, it puts you in a position to hear what God has been trying to tell you. All right? So he tells us, Nevertheless, the centurion believed the master and the owner of the ship more than those that which were spoken by Paul. And behold, because the heaven was not commodious to win time, Morpat advised, all right, that they should depart. So it was almost like they took a vote and more people said, let's go. So they followed the popular opinion. Verse 13, And when the south wind blew softly, then again, circumstantial evidence seemed to go along. Contrary to what Paul had perceived. Do you understand this? Paul said this ship will be destroyed. The owner of the ship said, let us go. So, of course, he's the owner of the ship. Then number two, most of people said, let's go. Then number three, the circumstances there looked like. So by that time, Paul was alone. Prophet Paul. <laughs> Are you following what I'm saying? So the Bible says... But not long after that, there arose Timotheus' wind called Clydon, and when the ship was caught and could not bear up the wind, we let her drive. And then verse 17, which was then taken up, and we used helps on the guarding the ship, fearing that they should fall into quicksands and all of that. And then verse 18, and we being exceedingly tossed with tempest, the next day they lightened the ship. In other words, Listen, they ran trouble and they were just there doing things, throwing things out of the ship, throwing things out. So we, you can get yourself to a situation where you just start doing things. Throw this out. Guess what? Throw that out. Try this. Try that. The marriage is not working. Try this. Go for this. Try that. Read this book. Read that book. Turn to this. All right? Like the woman said, spent all that I have. Rather grew worse. You do everything, the condition is deteriorating. No form of improvement. Right? Try this, try this. Until the Bible says, Bible tells us that on the third day, when we had cast out our own hands, the tackling of the sheep, and when there was neither sun nor stars in many days appeared, no small tempest lay on us, all hope that we should be saved was what? Taken away. So the only hope that Paul had from anywhere was not circumstantial evidence, but scripture. Then the next scripture says, and after long abstinence. In other words, Paul took time to pray and to fast about that thing. Long what? Abstinence. I'm saying you lock your, if it's a serious situation, you lock yourself in your room. Say, God, we are not coming out. We are not touching any food. Until, not that I hear a voice, until I hear your voice. You say, how do I know it's God's voice? When God talks, you will know. God that created you, when he talks, you will know that he talks. Something will enter into you, the cells of your body 
will attest to the fact that peace has entered. Your cell will come down. What you couldn't arrive at on going on holiday, you arrive at when you hear voice. You understand it? Your body will come down. <laughs> Say, I want to relax. You get what? Relax. That's why it says you will go out with joy. Joy will come into you. Peace will come into you. It says when you pray that word, then you will go out with what? Joy and be led forth in peace. And the mountains and the hills will do what? Break forth. Then Paul came back and said, Sirs, again, you should have hearkened unto me not to have loosed from Crete and to have gained this harm. And now I exhort you, be of good cheer, for there shall be no loss of any man's life among you but the sheep. So you could see that Paul didn't even take the sheep and cover the sheep in general confession. Did you get what I'm saying here? Specific word, instruction he had that the sheep is going. But every life will be preserved. And then he went on and says, say, fear not. It says, for there stood by me this night the angel of God whom, whose I am, whom I serve, saying, fear not, Paul, thou must be brought before Caesar, and lo, God has given thee all them that sail with thee. In other words, God told Paul, you, it is in my program for your life to talk to Caesar. That's not the quotation of a scripture. You can't find that in any scripture. That you are going to talk to Caesar. Do you understand what I'm saying? In the same way, you can find in scripture that I will cause, alright, I, I will open up the windows of heaven and I will pour out blessing, but you cannot find that God says, I will pour out how to build an iPad. You can't find it there. That one he tells you. Do you get what I'm saying there? Can Paul now get up and say to somebody else who's having a shipwreck, don't worry, you stand before Caesar. <laughs> but he can tell the person, he that abides, dwells in the secret place of the Almighty, he can say that, but he cannot say you will stand before Caesar. You can say, with Jesus, you get an abundance, but you can't say, cast your net on the right side. So you can give the generic word that creates hope, but you can't give the specific word of faith that brings the results. You see where we're mixing it? What we've been calling faith is actually hope. Nothing wrong. When you are making confessions of hope, that's what Paul said. He said, I know this shall turn to my salvation according to my earnest expectation and hope. It was a confession of hope. He said, but it takes the supply of the Spirit to tell me what to do for my expectation to happen. So he said, it still requires prayer and the supply of the Spirit. You get what he said? So what Paul got here was the supply of the Spirit. And the Holy Ghost that shows you things to come, as my brother showed me things to come. Do you get what I'm saying there? Yeah. Even though it had happened, but two things to come. I said, this is the winner. The Holy Ghost told Paul, you will be standing before Caesar. Let me tell you, and Paul didn't have to do anything to stand before Caesar. So I close here and he says this. Say, fear not. Well, says, be of good cheer, for I believe God, 
It shall be even as it was told me. How be it we must cast upon a certain island. In other words, God even told him the certain island. So when they were going, look at what happened next here. And the sounded of, uh, after, uh, and the sounded of, uh, Bible says, but when the 14th night was come and were driven down at dry, about midnight the shipmen deemed, they drew near some country, and they sounded off and found the 20 phantoms, and when they had gone further, they sounded off again 15, which means the death, and fearing lest we should fall upon rocks, they cast four anchors out of the stand, wished for the day, and as the shipmen were about to flee out of the ship, which means jumping out seemed more probable, and staining. Paul warned them again. Paul said to the centurion, except these abide in the ship, they cannot be saved. You can't jump out and confess. Do you get what I'm saying? Are you following what I'm saying? You can't go out and be confessed. Instruction. And then it tells us here, and the soldiers cut off the ropes and let her fall. And while the day was coming, Paul besought them to take meat, saying, the day is 14th day that you have tied contrary. Which means that when they came back, Paul even said, guys, let's eat. Nothing seemed to have changed. We said, you could see Paul had entered. No need to be throwing things around. We have heard God. Sit down. Let's eat. We will soon see the island. Calm down. He was as sure as him being there physically. I know when God gives you an instruction, it's not just for your salvation. It leads to other things. Because when Paul got to that island, a viper came and beat him. But because they were there on the basis of what divine instruction, they had looked at them and said, these sinners, you are coming out of a shipwreck. They must have offended God somewhere. But when the thing beat him and he was supposed to have swollen and died immediately and they saw him just shaking to fire, they said, these are gods. Which means that whole village got saved. Yeah. Are you following what I'm But because it was based on an instruction that go. So what am I saying? All the scriptures that you've heard, all the promise of God you know, Place them back on your lips. Are you from saying that? Make declarations because what will happen in your future will even be brighter than that little light of revelation you had. So declare it with boldness. All right? If God said, listen, in the spirit, God told you, gave you promises about your work of your hands, and you say, well, it seems nothing has happened, all right? Is because it doesn't translate from word of hope to manifestation. It's from word of hope to prayer, the throne of grace. From the throne of grace comes the instruction. As you implement the instruction, that's why Jehoshaphat played, God told him to stand at one particular place. And there, stand still. And they said, what does this mean? Let us rejoice. Bible says, and as they began to sing, God set ambushment. In other words, as you begin to obey the instruction, God. I know why. This hope takes you within the veil, which means that it opens the intelligence of God to you. So they were there. There was no wine. The intelligence of God said, you see this thing here? Fill it with water. 
But my friend, it takes what is called long absence. That is what some of we faith people did not appreciate about the old timers. And they will say we went to the mountain top and we did not come back until we came with the answer. We said we got the answer in our rooms reading the Bible. What we got was hope. <laughs> Are you following what I'm saying? Yes, and when you have hope, when you start walking, you see men as what? Trees. <laughs> when you get the instruction, you see clear. So let's rise to our feet. Let's just give God praise. Let's just thank him. Thank him from your heart. Thank him. Now, if some of you have been discouraged by things that happen, maybe failure in your work, where you thought you were operating in faith, and you got some correction, as pastor said, instruction that will come, correction will come. Now, let me just share something here before I pray. Reverend Keith Moore. Yes, there's Keith Moore said once he was confessing for something and he put a date on it. Let's assume he put, let's say, 31st of December, particular day, and he kept confessing, confessing, and he said by the time 31st came, it didn't materialize. So he let it go. So some years after when he began to teach in, in Bremen, he said he heard Kenneth Hagen share on a story and he put the same principle. He said, and then he listened to him and at the end, he said, God, I did what he said. What, what happened? So God told him. He said, nothing. You are the one that stopped. Because you said December 31st. And when it didn't happen, your heart sunk. So he said, as he was about to give up, God said, hold it. When you plant, an orange seed. It brings forth an orange fruit. If you don't take it on time, it drops and spoils. Apple, same thing. He said, but my word is an incorruptible seed. He said, the fruit is incorruptible. He said, many people have confessed things that are hanging in the spirit realm. Tell them to go back. Because it didn't happen, they gave up on the entire thing. So I'm saying some of you have held on to confessions in the past that something happened and you just gave up on it. All those things are hanging in the realm of the spirit. They are there. So I'm saying during this fast, go back to those promises. Go back to your notes. Go back to things. Some of you, if you open some of your notes two years ago, you were on fire for certain things that you've put aside. Go back. And then pick it up again and say this time, I'm not saying it for it just to happen. I'm saying it to be able to see the mind of God concerning this. And I know when I act on what the mind of God dictates, then I'm going to get the manifestation. Father, I pray for everybody under the sound of my voice. One thing, for that which they have been confessing, concerning the promises and the words you have given to them from Scripture, I ask that during these seven days that the veil be completely rolled back and they hear your voice saying, this is the way to go, walk ye in it. That everybody under the sound of my voice 
who might be eating the bread of adversity in any situation or drinking of the water of affliction i say to you it shall turn and you shall eat of the bread of the increase of the earth and it shall be fat and flourishing and you shall see of a truth i serve a living god who is my compassionate father in jesus name amen god bless you all The preceding message was brought to you by Kingsword Everywhere Nigeria. We are located at Kingsword Auditorium, Etel Avenue, behind NNPC Filling Station, First Bank Bus Stop, off Kudarat Abiola Way, Argun, Lagos. Email kmiafrica at kingsword.org. Telephone 234 810 00640.